Hello survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 3 of the show and in this edition we'll be focusing on the various different pieces of box art throughout the Biohazard series. Something a little bit light-hearted between our two Resident Evil 2 remake podcasts perhaps. My name is Soniac and you can just call me Sai. Joining me on the panel this week, returning to the show, the master of unlocking himself, Sherwin Matthews. Alright. Judging by a recent upload to the Fire Button YouTube channel, he's the master of unboxing, Steve Valance. Hello. And he's the master of something, but we haven't figured out what it is yet. Serial Box 64, Jordan Sagru. Hey, guys. So this episode of the podcast is being recorded live in the First Aid Spray Discord server, which you can join now to hear unedited versions of the podcast and contribute to the conversation in the text chat, as well as talk to us and other Resident Evil fans about the series. It's also a good place to put yourself forward for file readings and to appear in the show that way and also ask questions for our bite-sized discussion segment. It is a little bit quiet at the moment, it's early days, so if you're interested in contributing to a smaller community then please do feel free. Uh, thank you to everyone so far that's popped in. A uh, special shout out to Colin for dropping in some of his great 3D uh, recreations of RE3 backgrounds, some of which I tweeted out a few days ago. Well. A couple of weeks ago now, I guess. Uh, you can find a link to the server in the description of this podcast and on all of our social media accounts. We're on Twitter at FA Spray Pod, Instagram as FA Spray Pod, and now on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash FA Spray Pod. You can find the podcast on various different avenues, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you have any recommendations on other places to put the show, please do let us know. And if you can leave us a review on any of those formats, particularly iTunes, it would help us greatly. With all of that out of the way, let's move on to our first section, which of course is the news. Okay, right. So our first bit of news then. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Safe House Experience and Bar will take place in London on the 25th and 26th of January. Yeah. I'm not sure what this means. I've, it's a very vague kind of thing, and it's very weird that they would decide to do it on launch day and the day after, and that's it. That's kind of a bummer. Is it like a combination like bar, event, and escape room kind of deal? Or My assumption is something like an escape room. Um, I, I mean, I didn't read the press release, if there is one, but I've read a couple of articles on it, and they, they kind of imply something like that. In particular, they said there's going to be like a couple of lucky teams of four, but they didn't really say how many people. I know tickets are sold out for the event, uh, like pre-release tickets. I think you are able to sort of rock up and hopefully get inside, but I'm sure there's sort of uh, only a certain amount of people, obviously running over those two days as well. But yeah, lucky people uh, will get to do the escape room bit, and then I think the bar is just kind of um, open to say, whoever. Looking through it's the link, thing. it's uh, apparently part of this event will involve lucky teams of four taking part in a Resident Evil 2 safe house experience, this will task them with journeying through a recreation of the iconic Raccoon City Police Department in a bid to find safety. So that's that sounds like an escape room. Yeah, or, or maybe not an escape room, because when I think escape room, I think, you know, you're in a box and you've got to get out. Uh, it's, it reminds me more of like the London dungeon thing where you walk through the corridors and people would sort of like oogie boogie boogie out at you. Um, oh, is this like the universal... Uh, yeah, a bit like Japan. that. Yeah. Some, something like that, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. I wonder if... I mean, if it was that, that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh 
Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still pretty cool, and it's very specialist, which also makes it kind of cool, especially if you're lucky enough to uh, go to the event. Um, you'll be you'll have a unique experience, I suppose. And I know that uh, uh, one person on the board game Facebook group, I think it was mentioned that they were probably going. So we'll probably get a report from them uh, after all said and done to talk about, which will be cool. Okay, our next bit of news then, uh, if we don't mind moving on. No, go for it. Right, the Resident Evil 2 demo, which, let's be fair, it's not really news, but yeah, the Resident Evil 2 demo's out. It's 30 minutes long, you get one shot, and that's your lot until the game releases on January 25th. And it's on PS4, Xbox One, Steam. Yeah. So what do we think on that one? So I know that a couple of you guys haven't played it, uh, and it's admirable because I actually put out a tweet on our official account saying that I wasn't going to, and then like the night beforehand I pretty much decided I was going to anyway. Uh, partly helped by the fact that Capcom were running some kind of competition where if you um, post your finishing time you can and a hashtag on Twitter, you can enter with a chance of the collector's edition and I want me those stupid keys. So I figured <laughs> I'll play the demo. That's pretty neat. I'll play the demo for the stupid set of keys. Yeah, go on. Um, but yeah, I know... You won merchandise? I haven't played this yet. I could have won merchandise. <laughs> Still <laughs> yeah, going. You, you could have had that Leon statue thing and the blueprint and whatever else. I don't know. I just remember there's keys. There's, uh, yeah, but I know you, Steve and Jordan, you both haven't played it yet. Uh, holding up for the full game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. And because it's only 30 minutes, you're, you're not going to miss out on too much, but you get a good glimpse if you if you play it. But one thing that kind of confused me um, was when they called it a one-shot demo, I completely had a different idea of what one shot was mm. i thought it was going to be a case of and may, maybe it still is so you'll you'll have to confirm this for me sorry i thought it was that you only get one bullet it's like a demo <laughs> you only get one bullet and it's like for the aspect of you know survival horror i, I like the idea cool. i mean i like the idea um i obviously am a little bit too literal of course <laughs> yeah yeah i mean one shot is what i mean by that is one go at the demo but what that yeah. actually means is uh, you can make another account and play it again because I've done it twice. Um, and I know lots of people have done it many more times than that. In fact, people have... <laughs> this shows goes to show how popular the demo is alone and how much hype there is for this game in general. People have modded the demo already. So, <laughs> yeah, someone's made a fixed camera version, which is a bit hokey. It's interesting, but it, it doesn't look quite right. Someone's made a first-person perspective one, which... I mean, obviously it does work because the RE engine was originally designed with that at least partially in mind mm -hmm. because RE7, first-person perspective, so it kind of works aside from some texture issues and stuff. But yeah, I mean, people have gone crazy for it. Apparently it's been downloaded, uh, downloaded a million and a half times. So that's wow. really cool. I feel like Nintendo are like feeling part vindicated with their you know their limited demos you can only play them so many times and then capcom comes along and says you've got 30 minutes that's it <laughs> and they're like there we go yeah it does kind of remind me of like the the global test fires and stuff like that they've done mm. with splatoon and stuff in, in a way in its own way and the demo expires right like when the game launches it's not available to play anymore it's End of yeah. January. yeah yeah so uh, about a week, first. about a week after the game comes out, it's uh, it's going to go away, which is cool. Makes sense, you know. Drives that those play numbers for the three or so weeks that it is available. I guess so. That's pretty cool. In terms of the actual demo, 
Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't. There's not much to spoil from it because I mean, if you watch the E3 sort of playthrough footage that were doing around, and all, all the gaming uh, publicists and stuff got their own sort of video on it. It's pretty much that, just wandering around the RPD as Leon encountering your first, uh, well, not your first zombie in terms of when you play the game, but encountering uh, zombies in the RPD for the first time and wandering around the corridor and come back to Marvin. But yeah, 30 minutes gives you plenty of time to get equipped with the controls and get a feel for the game's engine and how it's going to look. And yeah, I was I was impressed. I'll put it that way. I, I actually died, <laughs> which I was not <laughs> expecting. Yeah, those zombies, man. If you... you, you if two of them get you at once, that's it. So, Well, that's it a was... treat because, I mean, everyone else wasn't posting that kind of footage up during the E3 time anyway. Mm. So you I saw was... something technically new? Horrible, yeah. but new. Yeah, I was having fun just kind of experimenting. <laughs> I spent some time in the library and there's a few zombies in there and I blasted them and then I just kind of wandered around a bit and they all started getting back up and crawling towards me again and I thought I'd killed them. And they just seemed to keep doing it for a little while, which is kind of cool. So I had some pretty, some cool experience out of it. I'm glad I kind of played it to a somewhat limited degree i'm not going to touch it again i could keep doing it and just like sink loads of time into that little section i'm not going to do that it was it's a nice uh yeah wet your appetite kind of thing show and you've played it uh somewhat do you uh, have any reaction to it uh so i haven't actually played the demo i've played a different version of the game um oh. which was super cool um i got to wander around some areas of the rpd building which I don't think you've seen it if you've been playing the demo. Um, it's cool. It's definitely got a similar sort of air to what you experience from Resident Evil, what you remember from Resident Evil 2, feels updated and so on. Um, it's interesting. Have you guys met Lickers and stuff yet, or are they not in the demo? I don't they know if they're in trailers. Yeah, I don't know if they are in the demo. So it's weird. Lickers, there's more of them from what I encountered. Uh Slightly slower than what I remember though as well, so a little bit more manageable if that makes sense. Right. But the one thing that really impressed me was um, it absolutely is a survival horror game in terms of your ammunition count. If you try exactly what you were saying, so si, if you try to kill everything, then you're going to die really horribly because you are going to run out of ammunition. Um, I've also been chased by a certain tyrant as well, and that's pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty Excellent. scary stuff. Yeah. That's just, I mean, everyone seems to be very well on board with that whole aspect of it and very pleased with how that's come out. But yeah, the zombie thing's interesting because I assumed a few shots, they go down and I was just kind of like, well, all right, run past them. I figured they were dead, but they, they do eventually get up. They don't get up right away. They, they'll, they'll sit there, which is good because obviously the whole map is now completely interconnected. There's no doorway sequences and you will be doing backtracking and all kinds of classic Resident Evil stuff. So those corpses are going to be getting back up eventually and they'll still be there. So in that classic Resident Evil way, you will have, again have that aspect of do I clear this room um, or do I leave this guy here and kind of try to duke him around him? I had no problems having loads of ammunition, but yeah, I was not like spending forever just blasting every single zombie. It was just that one experience where I was just messing around at the end. But yeah, overall, very impressed. I mean, we did say hopefully this is a marriage of old and new. And uh, yeah, it seems they've, they've, for the most part, they've achieved that from what we've experienced so far. Did you, this this version of the game you played, was this to do with the meet and greet, the developer meet and greet this past weekend? Yeah, I, I was uh, privileged enough to be asked by Capcom to come to that and um, demo the board game, uh, which those of you who 
don't know me, I'm a lead developer for Resident Evil 2, the board game. Um, so we got to go there and hang out with a bunch of people, play the game with people, um, which was nice, which was cool. We met some really awesome people. Um, some people who didn't know the game existed and some people who obviously had already been backers and loved the thing, which is good. But um, yeah, it was just super nice to catch up with the Capcom guys and obviously get my hands to actually play some of the game, which was really nice because obviously they had banks of, uh, of the actual consoles with the game playing on there. And that was a very much a different version from or a different experience than what you have on the demo, mm. um, which is sort of later on and so on. So it's pretty cool. I won't talk too much about it because obviously I'm slightly fearful of, sort of spoiler-tastic things. But um, yeah, it was that, that was a great event, actually. Um, like the developers... The developers were super um, engaging. They they knew exactly, obviously, unsurprisingly, they know what they're talking about. But also, they definitely seem to have taken on board a lot of stuff with regards to how they want the game to feel in relation to the old game, which is really reassuring. So, mm. okay, cool. Yeah, because I saw some pictures and I was, I mean, slightly jealous. And also, in in a in a, <laughs> in a stupid way, scanning through some of the pictures and oh, there's Sherwin. It was like. It's a little bit of pride there. That's our boy oh. out there repping it. So yeah, it was cool. As uh, and like you say, the developers were there, and 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 other people from the community. I saw posts going up by certain members of the community that had been invited along. It's yeah, it was cool for them to to hold an event like that. It does seem like they are paying attention to the community a little bit in, in that fashion. So yeah. Unless anyone has any other demo talk, uh, obviously, kinda, go go for I it. I kind of have one thing. It's only it's only slightly, just a slight more. I hate social media kind of thing because mm. I wasn't going to play the demo. Still haven't played the demo, but I've already seen the the big new part of the demo. If it literally is just the old E3 demo, I've seen the trailer. Someone literally the day of it out, like Steve, you need to see this. And like before I before, before I have a chance to look away, ah ah, I'm seeing everything. No ah, <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to say, I do like the fact there is a trailer on the end, like a new trailer, and I quite like the trailer for what it's worth. Uh, it kind of shows a lot of stuff, but in like really quick glances. So as long as you're not like pausing it to really study it, it's kind of like a, a tour de force of, whoa, what's happening? Uh, without giving mm -hmm. too much away. But uh, it was inevitable that it was going to be everywhere. And uh, it's kind of annoys me that, and I think I sort of brought this up before, Capcom acknowledged so much as well. I mean, today they put up like four different posts about Fourth Survivor, like showing off pictures of hunger and stuff. I was like, that's a bit needless. You don't need to just... Uh, and like they're doing loads of stuff with tofu posts. And it's like, can we have just waited? Can we just wait till the game was out? We're nearly there. I just have to hope there's still some like tricks in the bag they haven't actually let out first, to be honest. That's, yeah. that's what I've heard before now. Yeah. But I've said me bit. No, that's, you're totally right, though. You're you're right to bring that up, and yeah, I mean, but like you say, we we're there's I'm sure there's more to it, and we're so close now that uh, we don't have too much to sort of like too much time left to have fingers and ears and eyes shut. Sort of, yeah, it's it's very nearly here. This will be the last time we talk about it uh, until the game is out. So, <laughs> cool, right. Well, that being said, let's move on to the main discussion of this week's episode, which is all about box art. And now, reading the file Secretary's Diary A from Resident Evil 2 1998, DQJ, who you can follow on Twitter at Q underscore J underscore 6. April 6th. I accidentally moved one of the stone statues on the second floor when I leaned against it. 
when the chief found out about it, he was furious. I swear the guy nearly bit my head off, screaming at me never to touch the statue again. If it's so important, then maybe he shouldn't have put it out in the open like that. April 7th. I heard that all the art pieces from the chief's collection of rare items, literally worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know which is the bigger mystery, where he finds those tacky things, or where he's getting the money to pay for them. May 10th. I wasn't surprised to see the chief come in today with yet another large picture frame in his hands. This time it was a really disturbing painting, depicting a nude person being hanged. I was appalled by the expression on the chief's face as he leered at that painting. Why anyone would consider something like that to be a work of art is beyond my comprehension. So, as important as uh, the games are as, you know, games, uh, when you come across them for the first time often, especially way back in the day, as you like to say, uh, seeing on a shelf. Box art is important to video games. They've got to be eye-catching, they've got to draw you in, they've got to tell you what you're picking up, hopefully. And uh, this was an idea that was passed along to me by Jordan really early mm -hmm. um, when we were talking about ideas for the show. Uh, and I picked up on it. It was it just as like, it's going to be like a really fun uh, sort of casual affair. So we're going to go through and dissect the that initial vision, you know, when you see the game for the first time, you know, in on a shelf or whatever, uh, what you see, your first potential impression, provided you haven't seen a magazine or a YouTube video in today's uh, day uh, and already gotten a feel for the game, what you would see at a rental store when you saw Resident Evil and talk about first impressions and box art, good box art, bad box art, does it represent the game and that kind of stuff. Uh, there is an IMGA link, should be available in the podcast description. Um, if you click that, it will take you to what we're talking about, everything in the right order, uh, letting you know what's what. There's about 90-something images to go through, uh, so it's going to be a bit of an interesting one. It's pretty much everything, uh, but yeah, the IMGA link should be in the podcast description, but if it's not there, depending on what app or device you're using uh i guess the best way to go is to soundcloud.com uh, forward slash first dash aid dash spray dash podcast uh find the episode and it should link you from there pretty easily so let's start at the beginning let's start at resident evil one uh biohazard uh it's japanese box art uh differs from those in ntsc and pal regions we have what is now kind of a synonymous feature of resident evil uh, in general, but also box arts, the eye uh, with the dripping blood, whereas uh, PAL and NTSC uh, regions got the very strange image. I'm not really sure how to describe what that original box art is. It's always seemed very weird to me. Is that meant to be Chris or is it meant to be Richard? I always get that a lot. It's Richard, right. apparently, and uh, uh, most people believe it's Chris, and I can completely understand why, but... Uh, I have a reliable source that said it's Richard uh, as per a Marvel comic book, apparently, that was made to tie in with the game. It does look more like Chris, and even then it doesn't really look like Chris. Uh, but yeah, it, it's Chris with his gun that's not in the game, and like <laughs> some sort of weird like JPEGs of spiders and all kinds of nonsense just all over the place. It's a bit of a weird one. It looks like he's got a Rorschach being projected on the back of him. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Do you know, but I quite like this. It's got that sort of classic feel of um, 
I, I like the fact that this is this, and also I think one of the others, I think Resident Evil 2, we'll get to that in a minute, but it has it has that sort of feel where it feels very, it, this is all concept art. This is all stuff which was yeah. made, you know, and then they made the game afterwards. So there's this nice sort of raw, almost uh, almost B-movie kind of feel to this thing that I actually quite like. That said, the Japanese art is so much better. Yeah, um, I, I would agree so much with more that. Classic. It doesn't misrepresent the game in that B-movie way. You can see the tie between that and, say, sort of the cut scenes. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, and, yeah, this has got some stuff on it that sort of tells you what you're looking at with the monsteriness and the sort of, I don't know if you would call that a panicked expression, but some kind of, you know, <laughs> there's something going on there. It is a mixture of expression. Going on. <laughs> well, I mean, either side of his face looks completely different. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a thousand a thousand years ago, when I was young and I played Doom for the first time and picked up the Berserk pack, that's kind of why I expect the Doom guy's face turned into <laughs> like that kind of, <laughs> that kind of, of fevered that I would have killed the world kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Doom, when I was a kid and I saw this cover in in uh, shops and stuff, uh, that was kind of. The vibe that I I got from it, looking mm. at it, was I was thinking of the Doom cover because it's so chaotic. Um, you know, he's he's basically standing at the point of a corner of a room, and he is surrounded by. I mean, there's some kind of tarantulas on there. There's all kinds of shadows, and obviously he looks a bit peeved. Let's let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. It just looked it looked chaotic enough that I seemed to think that it was kind of related to doom i thought man this is going to be just a crazy game where you're just a barrage of enemies um so that that was always the vibe that i got i personally prefer this one over the japanese one um J- japanese one could i could probably walk past and yeah okay you can see it's an eye but i look at the, the 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 pal version and i'm like what is going on there there's just so many things to look at it's just chaotic that's that's how i would sum it up yeah, I can totally see your point. I think with me and the Japanese version, I tend to like stuff that is a bit more um, simple and basic and mm-hmm. st- sort of striking in its simplicity, if you like. But the the yeah, the chaotic nature of it uh, definitely works, and it's stood the test of time in its own strange way. Um, it yeah, it's, see, it's, it's synonymous. It's, it's iconic. Interject, right? Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, oh, no, go on, Steve. The Japanese case, right? I, I love the fact that this is obviously the origin of survival horror when you break it down. It's even got it on the case as a big like sales pitch. But then you look at the back, and you've got this this beautiful skyscape and a single crow <laughs> trying to imply they are a lot more significant than they actually are in the game. Because yeah. they're like, you see them twice. It's an extremely vocal crow, by the way. It's yeah. like, I'm in the game! Ah! <laughs> I'm the main character! You know? <laughs> <laughs> but... Then you've got the English version, it's you're dead scared, face your fear, and terrible puns aside, but I, I kind of, I'm half and half. I prefer the front cover of the Japanese version and the back cover of the NTSC <laughs> version. Yeah, that's um, completely fair. And and it's worth noting that on this uh, little gallery here, I did cut out ones that were essentially identical, Um but in the instance of the PAL and the NTSC, it is worth noting there's a running theme for Resident Evil 1 where the PAL version seems to be just slightly zoomed more in. You'll you'll see what I mean mm. with other ones. Um, <clears throat> so the next couple of the Sega Saturn ones, these are pretty simple in a way. Um, the before we go, before go, we go, go any further, uh, I, I, I do have to mention that, of course, the PAL cover of the Resident Evil 1 is also synonymous with the mirrored box art challenge oh, yes. a few years ago. Um, which I'm going to show you this because uh, I mean it's 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 a beauty. 
It's a beauty. So that this is going into the to the main chat now. Oh wow. So yeah, this is exclusive for the uh <laughs> That's incredible. Live viewers. I mean if you if you thought his face was a little bit weird in the original, uh th- this is this is fantastic. <laughs> Made by Comcom. Mockcom. <laughs> That's so weird. It looks like he's like picked that weapon up and he's just not sure what to do with it. <laughs> Is it a boomerang? Uh, yeah. Points points for anybody who can even try to pronounce um, the new <laughs> mirrored version of the name Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm gonna say the that's the benefit of listening live. Let's let's put it that way. Or you can do a Google, <laughs> you'll probably find it. But yeah, so getting back to the actual Swiftly moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, now let's talk about how glorious the Sega Saturn yeah. cover is for the thing. That's so amazing. The biohazard Sega Saturn cover is, I guess, a bit of like bloody chain link. I'm not really mm. sure. Do you uh, know, it feels more like a Silent Hill game. It, yeah, I'm not... I have no idea. It Also, it just kind of looks like a stock photo that they touched up or something, personally. Yeah. Very, you know what this is? Choice. This is obviously uh, a reference, many years before the reference would make sense, to uh, Ico's tease. Many years later, <laughs> when they were teasing what was going to follow Shadow of the Colossus, oh, and it was just man. a chain. I haven't you, thought about everybody, that. Everybody remember that? Yeah, I hadn't thought about that in so long. It took me a second for my brain to... They're like, they're like we're making a new, new Team Ico game. Here's the first image. What is it? It's a chain. Wow. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Um, it's yeah, so, I don't know what they were going for with that. It's really weird. I, I feel like making a point uh, with regards, because we've seen two Japanese covers, and they're both really kind of... Simple. Sort of sub- subdued and simple. Mm, yeah. And... Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not fully aware of of what uh, you know. Sort of like content discretion is like in in Japan as far as like box arts. So I don't know if they have any kind of censorship uh, with regards to you know just how provocative covers can be. Um, at least yeah. during the '90s. So I wasn't sure if maybe something to do with that because even on the even on the other the Biohazard cover for the PS1, um, even on the back, obviously it's quite subdued. Like there aren't that many pictures of violence. Um, there's not really much of a hint of blood. Mm. So I don't know if they went with a completely different uh, approach compared to in Europe and in North America. No, that's that's a good point, especially when you compare it to uh, the US version of the satin cover, which has the grotesque uh, concept <laughs> art, again, of the zombie looking over his shoulder, the classic piece of concept art. Um, uh, yeah, it's a stark contrast in its own way. Yeah, okay, it's it's chain link with blood on it, but by comparison, yeah. And also in all fairness, uh, between the two of them, I know which one speaks m- most about the game. In fact, I would say that that uh, NTSC satin cover is one of the best ones for the original game in terms of kind of telling you exactly what it is. It's about yeah. monsters. Do we have any of the PC covers for the PC release in this? Uh, it looks like it's just the consoles. It's just the consoles. One. I did look at the PC ones and I think they're pretty much the same, but I could be wrong. I think the PC one is literally the same as the Saturn cover from what my memory serves. Right, yeah. Was all yeah. Gonna say, which is, you know, black silhouetted, that concept art, the concept art of the zombie, you know, turning around. So. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said, if I, I, I have left stuff out if it was uh, too similar to something else. So, for example, here, the Saturn version in Europe was just the PlayStation cover again. So there's not much to mm. say there. Um, so moving so on to... Slip- no, go yeah, for it. Well, I was... 
was going to say swiftly moving on um, because pretty much the rest of them seem to be sort of you know variations on a point. Yeah, yeah. But but let us quickly scroll down now to deadly silence. Um, <laughs> that crow is back. <laughs> uh, and it's a Japan- Japanese cover again. Yeah, yeah. They just in, they in just Japan, love that crow. Biohazard is about the crow. Um, <laughs> What's the zombie inside? It, it looks so stoic though. Its face just says, "I am going to triumph." Yeah, do not it, bring me down. This Anybody is the play culprit. the Japanese version of the game? Like, uh, is the crow a bigger <laughs> character in the Japanese versions? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they, they actually there's in didn't you know in the original Resident Evil there's no Wesker. It's just a giant crow. Yeah, <laughs> he's the lead antagonist. Like yeah, at the end of it, the helicopter takes off. There's a crow. Oh, sorry, spoilers if no one's played it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a crow flying alongside the helicopter that gets its own cutscene. <laughs> Um, he gives a little wink to the camera and then yeah, yeah, to credits. Like, high fives Barry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In terms of the ones that we did skip past, this is what I was saying about uh, the power version again with director's cut. You've got the simplified. They've just it's so cheap where they just cut the picture of Richard, not Chris, out for both the US and the power one. But for some reason, the power one's slightly different and more zoomed. It's just in. getting. He's just getting closer and just, closer. He's just edging closer and closer. Before, before long, you won't even see his ears. It'll just be that face. <laughs> be that eyes, yeah. But the, those eyebrows just don't work, do they? Well, I mean, no. It looks like one person <laughs> drew one side of the face and one person drew the other. It's nonsense. This but, is a broken record point to make it is, now. Yeah. But the uh, the director's cut uh, Biohazard cover, um, it's just of the... The hall of the mansion, which yeah. is a really nice, a really nice picture, but again subdued. So, like they, they were obviously going with something very different um, in Japan when they were marketing the first game. They weren't making it so much about all of the zombies, but more just the the suggestion of of horror. Yeah, it does seem to be that way, and I quite like this cover in a way. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily tell you too much about the game, but it. it... I guess it strikes well. Maybe it doesn't even imply it's a horror game. It's yeah. It's hard to say. I just I just like the the mansion being the focal point of it as it is in the game, and especially I guess it being a re-release, you can kind of do that because people might already know. Uh, hey, it's that mansion that you ran around re-release now with dual shock controls and blah mm. blah blah blah. blah. Uh, what I would say is yeah. it's very subdued. That particular cover, like the the whole thing, feels really faded. Yeah, um, the colors are a mm. bit. Yeah, like you, you get you go into that shop and you kind of buy that because you're looking for that, not because you're just yeah. looking through stuff and you see that title on the screen. Oh, that looks kind of fun. I'll buy that. Which mm. is, I think, it is more of a statement of where Resident Evil was at at the time. Perhaps, um, yeah. At that point, Resident Evil was exploded. It's big. They don't have to worry so much about pulling people in with the cover. No, yeah, that's totally fair. And conversely, like the zombie looking over his shoulder again. That that's the one that you look at and. That catches your eye. That looks like that mm. could be a fun video game. So it is really weird how how different um, the takes on those were. Although the placement of the graphic makes it look like the zombies looking at the uh, now supports the DualShock analog controller sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah that's, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's yeah. because he bought the one with the two sticks, but without the rumble, and now he realizes he's got to buy another oh, controller. Man. Actually, it's more like it's just this look of hopelessness. He's heard the soundtrack. The mention the new soundtrack, do they? Well, I can't read Japanese, so I'm gonna have to take it on a limb there. This is true. Yeah, that's might might be what it says there in that big red triangle. Features terrible <laughs> soundtrack. Um... <laughs> no, ja- the Japanese cover is is it just features uh, crow, crow soundtracks. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> 
So moving to Deadly Silence again, um, these ones are interesting to me, uh, in particular the NTSC and PAL version with the focus being on the tyrant. I mean, I don't know if you consider that spoilers, the game had been out 10 plus years at this point. But it seems interesting that they focused on that character or creature rather um, on, on that release. The American one is really rather busy. The PAL version seems a bit more focused. Mm. It's interesting. Until I'd seen the zombie on the PAL uh, director's cut, I would have assumed that the reason we don't have a lot of stuff with gore on it is on the PAL versions is something to do with um, putting these games out to places. I mean, one of the interesting things about whether DS was marketed in Nintendo is they aren't exactly the company that wants to have lots of gore in their games. Yeah, yeah. So that may be why we lost all that stuff. And got no, a friendly time. That's true. Uh, we will be talking more about Deadly Silence in the future, which is quite exciting. So, Can we just take a minute to appreciate there is actually a hunter on a cover for once. That's nice. And dual-wielding Jill, even if it's over the top. Yeah, yeah it's it's kind of nonsense. But also, yeah, I when I saw that, I was like, it's kind of cool that Jill is on the front cover when not Chris was on the front mm. cover of the other one. I guess maybe people just have assumed it's Chris so much now that it might as well just be. But there you go. The Deadly Silence covers, um, I, I mean, the, the Japanese one, I, I quite like it because you know the subtlety kind of works for it. Uh, you, you've got some kind of uh, some shadowed images of zombies in the actual. Uh, so it, it's almost like a double exposure on the crow. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see some zombies there. Um, I actually prefer the NTSC uh, cover because even though it is frantic, um, there's just a lot of stuff going on. You've got the tyrant, and his claws are coming down. It kind of it, it kind of makes these bars like it's kind of caging the rest of the scene. Um, you know, Jill's surrounded by zombies, a hunter, and obviously she's Jill Willing, which is like bombastic. But it looks pretty cool. Uh, I'm not so keen on the PAL version because it's just the tyrant. He's kind of shrugging. He's just like, what, what do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> Totally fair. Totally fair. I mean, I said it all, really, didn't I? Yeah. No. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) So, Biohazard 2, uh, the Japan and PAL version is the same. Um, This is a piece of artwork that pretty much never comes up again. Um, To me, this is really nostalgic because it's the game that Mm. I fell in love with. It's the first game I played from the series. So, when I see it, it's always kind of cool to be like, that's that. But it doesn't really do much in terms of what we were saying about selling you on the game. It's more of that sort of Japanese minimalism. It's really very strange. I always kind of thought of it as looking a bit more skull-like, like skeleton-like mm. more than zombie. Um, but maybe that's just the sort of the um, the monochrome look. It's only in the last few years. Go on, sorry. I was going to say, it look, I mean, have you, I'm assuming you chaps have seen the old Giorgio Romero trailers, right? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that face, uh, maybe it's just my memory misremembering, but it's very, very familiar to one of the shots. Like it's only like a brief shot when zombies are hammering through, but there's one where a zombies just staring dead out the camera. And it looks like they've just moved it to the side. Maybe oh, right, that's okay. right playing with me, but I need to. I just had a look at that again. That definitely is ringing bells outside of nostalgia, and I think it's the cover of the retro pack for the board game. Um, mm. I think for me, this is one of the most scary Resident Evil images I think there actually exists. The, this this itself is just horror. This is horrifying. Like, you look at the others, you kind of say, okay, it's a bit of gore, a bit of zombie, whatever else. This literally is the stuff of nightmares. It's this thing where you look at it and you can't quite comprehend what it is you're looking at, but it's just terrifying. 
Yeah, it is. It is weirdly spooky in its way, and also in the way they've never sort of referenced it again. Kind of gives mm-hmm. it a weird sort of mythos. Uh, yeah, it's such a strange image. The NTSC version is the sort of more iconic and widespread one um, that's been altered with, as you see, if you scroll down further than that, the PC version of Japan abandoned the the sort of skeletal-looking thing in favour of the uh, American box art, but a but a tweaked version of yeah. its own. With um, VT's fingers, yeah. yeah. It's um, it's it's interesting because I feel this and also the one above, they just don't. They're also again, it's concept art for what Resident Evil one point five was. It's not, mm. it's not concept art for Resident Evil two at all. Mm. And that's that's interesting to me. I like that it's it's not really kind of yeah, it's not from any anything in particular. It's that in between, and and this it's kind of completely unique in that aspect. I, I mean, I, I'm more familiar obviously with the um, the Japan and Pal cover. Um, I used to find it freaky as a kid, still find it freaky now. In fact, I think I find it more freaky now because I didn't realize that there's eyes. There, the, the, there are like, you know, eyes to that face. I, for some reason, I never noticed that as a kid and it was more like skull-like. And now I can't unsee those. Oh, so every no. time I look over, it's really creepy. Oh, I can see it now. All these um, years and I never realized <laughs> those circles. It's, it's weird, right? Um, mm. That said... I really love the uh, the NTSC uh, edition of this. Um, I don't know which one I prefer though, like because we've got the PC version and we've got the PS1 version. The PS1 version shows a little more of the face, and you can see the sort of the teeth, like mm. just gnashing by the door. Um, but I actually I really like the PC version because it it doesn't have the teeth. You're seeing very little of the face, and the eyes are not they're neutral. But you can tell yeah. that there's there's something wrong. Like they're they're human eyes, but something is is desperately wrong with this individual. And you can see the 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 fingers skulking around the door frame. Um, I, I've always found that one of the creepiest ones. It's and it's one of my favorite uh, covers, just because it's uh, I don't know. It's it's so subtle, but at the same at the same time, it really kind of unsettles you when you look at it. Yeah, yeah. the zombies being dead and neutral as opposed to aggressive, kind of bit more unnerving than just angry mm. yeah yeah, yeah that's totally fair the only thing i don't really like about it, in particular the ps1 ntsc version is that gigantic two i just not a fan of that logo. <laughs> yeah the two is offset it's huge i just i just always thought that was a really sort of <clears throat> off-putting logo it seems like such a tiny little nitpick but it's about the massive v and the curved yeah, r and yeah, ugh, the font no it's weird it's just weird is that the only time that that, that font has shown up because it's it's there for it's, the ntsc the PS1 version, but not the PC. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. It's like a tweaked version of the font they've done where they've just sort of extended the V and then given the R this mm. sort of tail. And yeah, it's very odd. Um, then, so further after that, the reason I put the Japanese PC version is just to show that they went through some different cover arts over the time. So the next two are the N64 and uh, Dreamcast re releases, whereas um, NTSC and Power Regions kept their cover art pretty much consistent. Uh, Japan always had something new, so the N64 version of Biohazard 2 had Leon and Claire just kind of slapped over a pre-rendered background uh, of the streets, and similarly the Dreamcast has a sort of render of Leon walking away from the fire, which, yeah, it's a bit lazy. A too confident, isn't it? It looks way too cocky. Yeah, considering yeah. The, where that situation is, and he's about to get mauled by six zombies. Yeah, uh, walking at that kind of brisk pace, he's probably going to have some issues. Um, 
yeah, not really, not really sure why they did that, but yeah, not exactly box arts that have gone down as lasting images in the Resident Evil uh, history books. So following on, Biohazard 3, this one's an interesting one because there's sort of uh, three variations. There's one variation per region of what is really kind of the same sort of thing that the imposing figure of Nemesis in Japan from sort of a low angle, um, a much more uh, up close one for the NTSC with another very strange uh, choice in logo and then the PAL one which zooms a little bit out. Yeah, they're all similar but also strikingly different. I think the Japanese one has spoiler-tastic. There's a literally a picture of Brad's corpse on the front. Yeah, of it. not a fan <laughs> uh, which, is, which is possibly not the wisest choice. But the thing that bugs me the most is the American one's font. That aged so much. Yeah. I'm sure, it's I'm, very I'm 90s. The NTSC version. It's yeah. real 90s. And it's just a bit cringe-inducing. Whereas at least like the PAL version has a little bit more of class to it, if that makes sense. Mm. Look at that three. Look at that three. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a number. That's like a tool. That's like a shearing tool. Yeah. <laughs> however, however, we have missed out the true gem here because oh my god, I've never seen it until now. Um, listeners, if you have the opportunity to look at the Russian version, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a thing. It, it's what Amazing. is this? It looks like. I mean, it's not bad. It looks like really good fan art, but it's very strange. It's incredible. He looks stubby. Yeah, and angry it. about it. He, he he looks like the kind of like Warhammer figure version of him, you know. It's, <laughs> is yeah, that actually, Jill being like disemboweled on his. Oh, I don't know. I think it's vague enough that it's, it could be anybody. It's a, yeah, it's a very awkward mutilation as well. He's kind of like pulling him into him, and it, it's like he's just gone for the most violent of hugs. Hugs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I prefer the the PAL version myself because it's not it's not too zoomed in like the NTSC, um, but also it's squarely on the Nemesis. Like you're staring him down right in the middle, and uh, I that's why I kind of like that. My personal feelings on the Nemesis box art is a uh, it's kind of a whole thing. I'm not really a fan of the fact that Nemesis is on the box art. Obviously, the game mm. is called Nemesis outside of Japan, so you can't really not have him on it. Uh, but I don't like the idea that he's there for you to stare at for as long as you like and just kind of like, you know, acclimatise yourself to a little bit. You know, I like, if he wasn't there, the mystery of him jumping out and being like, what is that? What does that look like? Trying to figure it out in your head. Uh, whereas you can just sort of look at it on the box art and get sort of accustomed to what it is. If the game had been called Last Escape Everywhere, you probably could have avoided that. It's just a minor thing where I, I'm not really a fan of him being just kind of like, Boom, here he is on the box art. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. The Japanese version is the literally the splash screen when you boot up the game, isn't it? It's, it is. Uh, when you put your menus yep. and stuff. Yeah. It's not the only one that's done that as well, as, as we'll get to. And now, reading the file, Researcher's Will from Resident Evil Outbreak, Geist, who you can follow on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash wandering voice actor. Oh, wow. I can't believe this. Three days have passed since a couple of subjects in the 125R would escape from B area, began a killing spree in the laboratory. I think at least ten of my colleagues have been killed by them. However, I got to experience the horror first and as one of their giant sharp claws ripped my body. 
The bleeding from the wound just doesn't seem to stop. Why? Why did we create such terrible things? We had no right to play God. The only thing left for me to do now is to destroy the laboratory temperature controls. When the temperature drops down to about zero degrees, they'll be frozen in their tracks. <laughs> Hopefully, this is about the only thing I can do now. Damn my foolishness. So here's an interesting one. Uh, this is the one I put up with the post to announce the podcast because I think it's really interesting because all regions are wildly different. Uh, Resident Evil Survivor or in Japan Biohazard Gun Survivor, uh, which has in the Japanese release uh, the silhouetted figure of the protagonist. The American version has, uh, yeah, sort of concept sketches of the protagonist and the tyrant from the game. I guess that's meant to be. And uh, the PAL version has gone minimalistic and just kind of put a gun and some bullets and yeah I always thought that was a really weird box art choice doesn't really say I mean this is the the kind of arcade shooter so I could see why they do that but it doesn't really tell you that on the box every single one of these screams not final artwork to me yeah <laughs> yeah I mean um, I, if I had to pick one I'd say I preferred the American one but uh, they're none of them are particularly great there's like a silhouetted gas mask on the Japanese version, I've just noticed. Like uh, the yeah, background. there is. Yeah, there is. Very odd. I think that is... Oh, that's a cleaner. Uh, or yeah, an that's the, the actual enemies you encounter in it. The ones yeah, that the uh, look like hunk, but are somehow monkeys. Yeah, yeah Hunter yeah. monkeys. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a weird, mm. just a weird smorgasbord of strangeness. See, if it had been called Gun Survivor everywhere, I feel like the, the, the PAL version would have made a little bit more sense. But again, it would have to be like the, the G-Con 45 of the actual, you know, modded up to look like a real gun or something. Yeah, The maybe. American one's just scowly man and scary face. <laughs> so uh, kind of... Mm. Was it, wasn't this around the time uh, that... I, I think it was Gun Survivor. The, the NTSC version wasn't actually compatible with the gun for the console at the time because uh, there was... Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. There's some controversy, so I imagine that yeah. it might be that this was adopted in a hurry because they didn't want to show firearms on the cover. That's Ooh. very true, actually. Yeah. Well remembered. Yeah. I'm old. I remember these things. No, but, no um, it's all right. We appreciate the knowledge, so... Yeah, I, so I much like the uh, much like the PAL versions where they don't feature explicit pictures of zombies. I wonder if this is the reason for why. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a very valid point that I hadn't even considered. Um, released in the same year it was Code Veronica, and this is what I was saying about um, title screen art. The the Japanese version has title screen in a sort of like weird doll kind of way with uh, Chris and Claire in the castle in the background, um, and then the NTSC and PAL version has. I don't know, just a different image. Chris and Claire renders some sort of... I'm not really sure what's going on behind them. Uh, yeah, not nothing too remarkable about these two, I don't think. NTSC Chris looks very chill about the situation, whereas Japanese one looks like he's about to go punch someone for spilling his drink. <laughs> <laughs> like, very... You dare. <laughs> but, hmm... Mm. Yeah. I think I think there's a little bit more confidence and aggression in the Japanese version, whereas there's more worry on Claire's face. Mm. But other than that, they're fairly Fun of the being brutally a bit meh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which uh, again, funny because they can't uh, when they did uh, Code Veronica X in Japan. It's just a white case with a logo. That's it. 
Um, the the emphasis on on the characters in you know five in four out of the five covers for uh, Code Veronica that we're looking at, um, it seems like a real time capsule of the, of the period, like mm. Dreamcast era, PS2 era, where it's it's kind of it's about how well uh, you can render characters now, and kind of showing sort of like how impressive that factor is. You know, look at these characters; they look really good. Um, so it's just kind of interesting that they kind of take center stage on both the front of the covers and on the back of the covers as well. If you're looking at the uh, Code Veronica X Japan cover, they've got the character renders there as yeah, well. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, when you think about it, especially when you're looking at the NTSC and Power regions, they'd never really done uh, putting renders on the front before. Um, so yeah, you're probably right. It was a sign of the times in, in its own way. Um, so I just I've made... just noticed Wesker's on the NTSC yeah. Code Veronica X cover. <laughs> That that was in addition to the title screen as well. Was something that I absolutely despise. It's, it's, I mean, X is the re-release, so I guess mm. spoilers matter less. But Wesker, who's meant to be dead by this point, is in your title screen and on your box art as well. So good job on that one. Um, <laughs> but it all pales in comparison to the uh, PAL uh, release of Code Veronica X, which is pretty terrible. The up-close render of Claire's face with identical zombie pose in each eye not really a fan mm. of this one um yeah just yeah but look at those polygons look at how they're rendering that look at that texture quality yeah, yeah. all six of them but let us now move on to the much better game in the series <laughs> <laughs> which you all knew i was going to say because my god this has got the best cover yeah uh i actually so, like it to be honest Gaiden, yeah, it's good it, it yeah i mean in all fairness to it it does kind of give you an idea of what you're looking at. Something horrible happens on a boat. Lots of people die, probably. There's blood everywhere. It's Resident Evil Revelations looked at this and thought, what if? Yeah. <laughs> well, not just to a couple fair, of I mean, the game. The NTSC version, they got some kid to draw. But we'll ignore that one. Um, <laughs> well, yes. Like, I, th- th- he coloured it in after having his dinner at yeah. a restaurant. <laughs> Isn't that 1.5 box art? Not to detract from the brilliantness of the NTSC version. Yeah, that is definitely 1.5 like concept art, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and so I and I don't really understand what's going on with the sort of like quality of the stars logo. I know that's not the best image, but uh, it's never been a high quality like picture of the uh, not stars logo. Sorry, Raccoon Police logo. Weird. It's just no. Yeah, the NTSC one is really odd. I like his little steampunk s. Uh elbow pad. <laughs> don't know what that's about. I have no idea. It looks like he's collecting arcade buttons on his elbow pad. <laughs> to be fair, Leon has never been one for following uniform guidelines. Uh, not once <laughs> in his entire career. So Yeah, this is true. Now, so moving on from something that's surprisingly good to the absolute worst uh, of the bunch, Gun Survivor 2 Code Veronica. Um one at a time, I suppose. The Japanese one is a mess of like, almost kind of like it wants to be a Hollywood poster. It would actually sort of go with today's kind of uh, over-the-top posters of trying to squeeze everything in. You've got a Claire render uh, and uh, a Tyrant render, and then Steve in the middle, where his head isn't like logical in shape or size. It continues past the barrel of his gun in a way that doesn't make any sense. Oh no, it's like the Goldeneye cover. Then. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's like the Goldeneye <laughs> cover, except it's not like a, a like a mind's eye kind of trick. If you, yeah, if you visualize that gun is not there, he's looking straight at you, but his head goes off at an angle. Nonsense. 
Just nonsense. <laughs> I didn't even realise that was supposed to be a tyrant on the front. Yeah. I thought it was generally just some random dude. Just some guy. That is, that is Vin Diesel. <laughs> yes, yeah. Biohazard featuring Riddick. Um, yeah, there's, it, it is quite confusing. I mean, I look at this and it doesn't even look like anybody on the cover is actually holding that, that golden gun at the front. That just looks like somebody else's hand just pointing up. <laughs> I found I this. Think, <laughs> yeah. I think for me that the issue with this is that I think I genuinely feel of all of the terrible, terrible characters that have appeared in Resident Evil, Steve is the absolute bomb of the bile. Yeah, uh, St- Steve is literally, the, I think, the worst character in video games ever. Wow. Um, and I, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite happy to admit that. And uh, a, a big gold gun, a misshapen head, doesn't help me with that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, similarly, I also think that this is the like the worst game in the franchise because of just how stupid, needless, and nothing it is. Um, for those of you who aren't aware of what it is, it is a sort of arcade shooter retelling of Code Veronica, which turns out to be a dream. Um, it's just stupid. Um, There's a reason why it never came out in NTSC. And when it when it didn't, all the American fans wanted to know what they were missing and would just be happy you never got it. Because uh, you might have got a cover as bad as that. Or the PAL version, which is the reverse of Code Veronica X, where you see like a really worried zombie with two pictures of Claire, like terrible like bitmaps in his eyes. And there's like motion blur going on at the bottom, like his jaw is trying to fall off in a hurry. It's terrible. It's awful. She <laughs> looks so higher deft than the actual whole flipping rest of the image as well. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it just it, no, no. The, the, yeah, you're right. The consistency between the zombie's face and the Claire's, it just doesn't work at all. It's got it? 4K displays for eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that someone someone was like fully aware they weren't getting paid for this. That's pretty much what this tells me. I mean, the the, the ethos of the cover I don't mind so much, you know, like a a close-up of a gross zombie, but as you say, he doesn't look exactly imposing. He looks concerned, and um, that's that's never a good look for a zombie on your cover. You're supposed (laughs) to look intimidating. Yeah. So it's meant to be obviously a reverse of the Code Veronica X cover, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's not even the same zombie. No. (laughs) Yeah, because they couldn't make that image work, I guess. I don't know. Look, Claire has stared down a lot of zombies. (laughs) Uh, so yeah moving quickly on from that to the gamecube now with the uh the remake of biohazard um i quite like the japanese version that's kind of like a throwback to the dual shock front hall cover that we were talking about but now remakes version of it um the ntsc version has the classic jill struggling with zombie image which seems like an awfully specific event to put on your front cover i guess it works and then the pal version which started kind of a trend of the next few games particularly on the gamecube um of being rust yeah simple just simple as yeah i mean you couldn't get more simple is his kind of a background of of nothing and uh the name and that's it I think they're all winners myself because I think they're all kind of um, approaching it a different way and yeah. achieving that that effect. Um, I, I mean, I think like the Biohazard Japanese cover is kind of well, it's showing off just how different it looks after only a matter of mm. years. Um, which, if you're familiar with the game, that's automatically going to draw you in. Yeah, 
Definitely. NTSC, you know, like there's there's obviously the threat like present right there in the foreground, but it's not like an overwhelming threat. So it kind of it makes you feel really that, that this game is going to be tough, even if it's just you one on one versus a zombie in a hallway. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be tough. And obviously, I'm most familiar with the PAL version. It's a strange cover because, as I say, I was familiar with the um, original cover as a kid, and then I see this, and it's just text, and it kind of unsettles you because. You know, uh, th- there aren't many games that just have text mm. and, and, and that's it, just text on the background. So you think that what's going to be in this game um, is, is you know, too gory to put on the cover or something <laughs> like that. So I was I was kind of interested in, in the aspect that they went with that, that it's yeah, the, the I mean, peak of subtlety. It was, it's mysterious. And if nothing mm. else, I wonder if it was partly everybody knows what Resident Evil is. When we make this game again for the GameCube and we just put that on the box, people are automatically going to go, you know, towards this and know the history of this and this is the reinvention. Yeah, there's something there where it was like we can do nothing and the legacy and the the hype for this sort of remake uh, could carry it. I guess that's one way to look at it. How about the Wii cover? So, yeah, the... um, the Wii Make, if you will, not a Wii Make, really, is it? It's uh, the archives. Scratch version. that. Yeah, sorry, misspoke. The archives version, as they call them, they're all the same in 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 the other regions, but the Japanese ones for both this and Zero got um, new covers of again, like similarly to Veronica. Here are the renders. Hmm. Very old. Yeah, but Jill's like a totally different lighting scheme to how Chris is as well, and he's got a glow to him. She hasn't. And- I don't like it. It hurts my eyes. Yeah, I just... In a very childish way. I'm not really a fan of the just sort of like slap together stuff. Like, I mean, you put it that way, of course it's going to sound bad, but it's, yeah, they just, they're just grabbing things and being like, yeah, there's Jill, there's Chris Mansion done. Like, <laughs> it's almost kind of like some of the box art that isn't on here is stuff like the Origins pack. I didn't put anything where it's like a collection. Even the Revelations one where I really like where they sort of crossed the two images over together. I didn't put them on here because it... I just wanted to focus on the games, the actual original releases of the games and stuff. But it does kind of remind me of those where they just like, here's an image from one game and another game. It's like, here's mm-hmm. the character and another character. Done. Yeah, yeah. it was very by the numbers, yeah. Yeah. These, yeah, these I, renders. I those... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Seth, we'll do that. I feel like the ones where they, the, the Resident Evil covers, in fact, most games covers where they do that, just feel like they are the absolute dialed in worst covers. Yeah, um, they are. Like if if I look at the Japanese version of remake, for example, that's a really classy cover. Mm. Like you can, that's very timeless. You can look at that game whenever you want. That cut that box and go. That is that successfully encapsulates the game. It's what you want it to be. Um, and also, you know, twenty years from now, you'll look at that and recognize it and go, okay, iconic image, hasn't really aged, looks cool. Um, whereas. Yeah, you look at the other stuff like Code Veronica, for example, and you kind of cringe at the sort of what they were showing at the time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, That's the worst part. The Wii version is literally the old, the old Japanese one. They just put renders in front of it to like obscure the whole mansion shot and dry yeah. it. Well, um, brine it out. It's no, mm. no. Zero um, is the return of let's make an image and then kind of zoom in on it. So the uh, Japanese version has really. And Rebecca on, I guess that's somewhere on the train. Um, and then the NTSC version has a similar one. It's 
where it seems even less like they're in this, the surroundings that they're put in. And again, the PAL version continues the mysterious, if you like, covers of just kind of having a, a very simple background and the logo. And a complete contrast in having a white background as well. Um, mm. So it's quite a, it's quite a bright image, which for the PAL region hadn't been the case up until this point. And a lot of dark colors, sort of like dark images, and now you've got just a white background with the name. That might well have been a good marketing decision, though, at the time. If all of the other games had very dark, very gloomy colored images, that really stands out. Absolutely. It does kind of... Microbes. It uh, It makes me think it's like the mirror, you know, the one side of the coin and the other side of the coin. Here you've got the first game and here's the game that's 24 hours before it. So why not flip it? So I, I agree mm. that it's effective in one way there. I'm not really a fan of the other box arts, particularly, to be honest. Um, I give a heads up to the uh, Zero's cover for uh, the Wii release in Japan. Like the render of it, there there's some suggestion of a threat just behind the camera, uh, whereas some of the other renders um, of the main characters they're just sort of like in an action ready pose, but they're not necessarily facing anything. Mm. Um, so I, I kind of like that. Yeah. It definitely improves upon it by yeah making it seem like something's actually happening. The other ones kind of, again, feel like they've just got background, got character art and just combined them. Whereas, yeah, this is actually something happening. So this is a big improvement over remakes. We cover art for sure. Um, so flipping back to the PlayStation, this one, going back to Gun Survivor, uh, in particular Gun Survivor 4, because the third one was a Dino Crisis game, uh, or Dead Aim elsewhere. This one's an interesting one because the Japanese box art has loads of like creatures and stuff going on in the background. You've got the hunter there, and uh, I guess that's a tyrant at the back. The American version is much more muted. It's basically just the two main characters. And then Powell goes back to, hey, let's use the iconic eye image. Uh, and just stick a crosshair over it, and I don't know, a guy with a sniper rifle or something going on there, laser sights. Yeah. Dead Aim has consistently weird cover art, basically. I really like the Japanese version, though. It's It's kind of got this classy 80s style to it. Yeah, it does. It does look like an 80s movie poster, doesn't it? Uh, the, ja- the Japanese cover is amazing. Yeah, the back-to-back action pose. Um, it's, uh, it, it, I believe it's by... Um, Toshiaki Mori, um, who's uh, known as Shinkiro, he does a lot of different um, artworks, um, mainly for things like Metal Slug um, and Marvel vs. Capcom and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. He's a fantastic artist. And <laughs> the mad thing is is that uh, you know his efforts have been put for uh, Gun Survivor 4, and <laughs> th- this cover didn't even appear in Europe. So, yeah. like, I saw this obviously years later. I thought it was amazing, and then I was immediately annoyed that we didn't get it because it's such a good artwork for a game which I don't know if it necessarily deserves it. Um, yeah, I, I really like this because it's it, it feels like a throwback to action movies of the eighties and such. Mm. It, it almost in in a way has that sort of B movie feel. Uh, like the original game had its B-movie feel. Yeah, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek sort of in in its own way. But yeah, in terms of the actual quality of the art, it is really rather good. Yeah, and look at that subtitle, Heroes Never Die. Like, I I just love... (laughs) I love the audaciousness of this whole cover. I don't really know what that has to do with the game, personally, but yeah, sure, (laughs) it, it fits with the image, at least. 
it's 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 a total flip of what Resident Evil's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be scary and all of this, and this is just like, no, you're awesome. You're just gonna blow everybody away. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, continuing with the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Two is the Outbreak games. Uh, Outbreak One is an interesting one, and the American art has the sort of firing gun with the weird reflection of a zombie. I'm not really sure what's going on there um and the japanese and pal have similar box art and it's the gathering like horde of hands uh which is kind of a nonsensical image like in terms of that's not physically unless someone's like like taped a bunch of arms together there's no way there's a bunch of stompies standing that close um but it is in fact legion from symphony of the night (laughs) yes exactly But I quite like that image. It sort of tells you a bit about what the game is. Yeah, it gives you that survival sort of feeling from it. Uh, Mm. Yeah, and also a note, I suppose, is the American copy uses the movie font. Yes, yes. (laughs) Any any thoughts on Outbreak covers for the first game, at least? I like the PAL one. I uh, I know we've said that it's a little bit impossible how they actually pose but it's like a massive threat you know that they're you know it's trying to imply you're going to be outnumbered you're going to need Mm. backup and it's very understated as opposed to everything's on fire and there are zombie reflecting guns in the american version (laughs) it's not i I, kind of like it it's not that the american version doesn't reflect the name outbreak because i would say it does there's a horde in the background there and you know oh panic but Mm. in terms of the gameplay i guess the other ones do uh, yeah, you, you imply that you should get some friends, kind of, you're going to need them, sort of thing. Mm. Um, I, I really like, I really like the way they've they've given. I mean, obviously, the, it, I I agree with you, sir. I like the way that the images work on outbreaks, uh, the first game anyway. I like the sort of, um, but I love the attention to detail they've got with like the wedding ring, for example. Watch that sort of stuff. It really yeah. makes these zombies actually feel quite personal. Like this is just a person who yeah, has become yeah, a zombie. True. You don't see that on any of the other stuff. It's kind of focuses much more on kind of, oh, this is a ghoul. You know, this is a traditional horror zombie that wants to eat you. Mm. These things actually feel like they are victims. Um, and that's quite interesting. That's a very good point. That's that's very true. Yeah, I mean, it does imply that, you know, if you're not careful, this could be you kind of element. Mm. Especially if you look at like the, uh, the PAL version where you've kind of got the sort of sleepy town underneath as well. Mm. Sort of underscores that as well. Mm. It's quite fun. Yeah, I like it's the outbreak a- up. It's a really nice kind of simplistic, stylistic choice to kind of embody the idea of a zombie horde. Um, you know, just just these sort of limbs coming towards you, these all these hands, and uh, yeah, it looks really imposing. Um, so yeah, and, and I think as well, co- contrasted on the white background, it stands out obviously much better. So I think the PAL one wins. Uh, the NTSC one's all right. Um, I think like actually going for that kind of that dark red and black kind of mood is it works well for it but that reflection in the gun just doesn't seem to make sense unless the unless the zombie is firing the gun i don't see how it makes sense it's bub from yeah day of the dead <laughs> uh yeah so file two what i do like about file two is in every single iteration um it's the logo is consistent to the previous one so the japanese box art had the blue biohazard logo uh on file one as does file two and the american version uses the movie font again and uh the pal version continues with the sort of red impact so i quite like that um no matter what region you're in they do link up in that way but also of note um 
this might be the first game in the franchise where the box art is all essentially the same image, uh, just with different colours or, or that kind of thing. It's very slight alterations. It almost feels like you're buying Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Red, or you're buying the limited edition version. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, it does look like that. It does, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's fun. Um, weirdly, because I wouldn't normally like this stuff. Uh, the obviously the the PlayStation Two version, the PAL version looks. Sorry, they're all PlayStation Two. The the uh, the PAL version looks so much better than the others, and that's because they've taken a much more stylistic kind of approach. Mm. Uh, with kind of fading out the whoever the survivor is who's not mm. being Ian uh, to the back. Although it's interesting they removed the firearm from it as well. In the other two, it's like oh, yeah. the, the survivor is kind of going, here, take the gun because I'm obviously so screwed you wouldn't believe. Whereas in this one, it's more like a hopeless grab their wrist, but they are not coming home. It's just after the watch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't even notice the gun was missing, actually. That's, uh, yeah, fair play. Anybody else got any points before we wrap up? Because uh, we have gone quite long. So what I will say is we definitely do a part two, I think. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it, it's it's good across the board. Um, they obviously kind of like experiment with the colours. But yeah, at, at this point, the white contrasting uh, background seems to work quite well in, in the power region. Um, kind of complements the kind of the graphics. The imagery. Yeah, yeah, especially because they're quite simplistic. They're kind mm. of just focused on one aspect. So, yeah, I, w I would say that the power one stands out again. So this week's bite-sized discussion comes to us via Sharky on the Discord, so shout out to him. Um, this is something that we touched on a little bit uh, before, but uh, this time I want to get some concrete answers from people. And the question is, what do you want next from the Resident Evil series? Uh, he said this could be uh, the remake of the third game, RE8, uh, further board games, Sherwin, I don't know if you want to disclose any info, um, or Revelations 3. Uh, in fact, Sherwin, why don't you start? Truthfully, I believe they've made a really good... Um, I believe that Capcom made a really good decision or a really good game with the Rari 2 remake. Um, I think they've treated it with the reverence it needs to have. And truthfully, as an RE fan, I feel right now I'm fairly sated. Um, I don't know necessarily what I'd want next because, like, with anything, there's kind of a point where you get to where you have, you know, not much of a really, really good thing, just about the right level, which kind of is keeps you wanting more, but you don't get there. And then you have diabolically too much of a good thing <laughs> that actually then becomes a bad thing. And I fear that sometimes the Resident Evil series has wandered into those territories. So I'm just very cautious of that. Um, as a Resident Evil gamer at the moment, I'm fairly, I'm fairly content. It's not to say I don't want new stuff, but it has to be in the right time and place. Yeah, of course. And to your point, what you were saying about um, it 
being a time where it seemed like there wasn't a whole lot of good stuff happening. Yeah, in the last bunch of years, we've definitely seen lots and lots of improvement. Uh, Seven did wonderful things in its own way. Remake 2 has done wonderful things in a completely different direction. So, yeah, it is starting to feel like anything could happen and that anything could be good. My answer remains kind of unchanged from last time we talked about this. I'd preferably uh, see 8 before we see Remake 3. Um, just to mix it up, personally, I don't want to feel at any point like we'd be stagnating, which I don't really think there's a danger of if we do get Remake 3 next. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I would like the, the differences to sort of balance. It's, it'd be more interesting at the very least, I suppose. Obviously, it depends on how far into development Resident Evil 8 is. Uh, it could be a long way off yet, but I think Remake 3 is not only happening, um, I would imagine that the work has already begun, or at least it's going to have less work to do on it, because it's going to be at least similar, and it's going to have similar areas to Remake 2. So I wouldn't be surprised if that comes uh, sooner rather than later in, in a way, but personally I'd take 8 first. Uh, Steve, where do you sit on this? So we have a choice between Revelations 3, Resident Evil 8, or a remake. Is that right? Just to yeah. check Yeah. Uh, of those three, I'd go for Resident Evil 8. Just for a second, I want to see where the new art goes. I want, uh, As much as I like remakes and retreading old ground, I want to see new things. Uh, it's not that I don't enjoy it. The, obviously, the old ones are all fantastic, and I'm still hype as hell for Resident Evil 2, but I kind of feel like we should be exploring newer things now. Mm. You know, We've got first person down... To a degree, we've got third person now going to be going into a sort of newer direction, kind of like what Revelations 1 wants to be, but better. Yeah. So if they pick either of those and go with it and explore the new lore, maybe maybe less of the original cast and focus more on like establishing a credible actual like world again. Because it feels like every other Resident Evil game, there's just, here's this new villain, they're going to be here for five seconds and they're dead. Yeah. And it's ever since Resi 5, we've never had a stable, like, all right, let's go take down this person or whatnot. And I kind of want to see them try and establish that. So I have to go with Resi 8 person. And uh, Jordan. Okay, well, it seems like you're all in agreement for going with Resident Evil 8, um, more, more or less. So I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna be the curveball. I'm going to throw in a curveball here just to add something a little bit different to the mix. And I'm going to bring up a point that I think I mentioned in the first podcast. I think it should be Remake 3, but first person. <laughs> and 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 go with a completely different uh, interpretation. That is a patented Box 64 hot take. You can <laughs> get at me at Twitter and tell me how I'm wrong about that. But um, no, like I, I mentioned it just as, a, as, as an idea. And um, yeah, just to throw in as a curveball, maybe they go that way. Maybe they, they decide to, again, take remake into uh, a different sort of means of playing resident evil instead of just going to a fixed camera angle they went to over the shoulder so maybe in mm. remake three they get they go for first person this will not happen by the way <laughs> i just thought i'd throw it in <laughs> well the question is what do you want not not what do you expect so you're safe there but yeah people can <laughs> and of course come and find you on twitter and and flame you for it uh, so, 
Nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors to the show. If you'd like to be part of First Aid Spray, then please look into auditioning for our file readings. One way to get in touch with us is via email, which is fasprayPod at gmail.com. But of course, the best course of action is to join our Discord server, where you can also ask questions for the bite-sized discussion, discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans, and listen to the podcast live as it's recorded. The link to the server is in the description of this podcast, but it's also on our social media profiles. You can follow us on Twitter, which is at FA Spray Pod, on Instagram, which is FA Spray Pod, and on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash FA Spray Pod. You can find the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show, please do leave us a review if you can. It helps spread the word. Our next episode, of course, will be going back towards Remake 2. Uh, we're expecting to record perhaps in the week after release maybe a little bit after that depending on things but we'll be doing a full review uh, we have plenty of plans beyond that so do stick with us we've got lots of cool stuff coming up thank you to the panel you can follow us all individually on twitter i'm at signiac underscore one two three steve is at Firebutton games jordan is at serial box 64 and sherwin is at sherwin's agenda and finally thank you for listening have a good week Yeah, that uh, became like very evident uh, very quickly that this was going to be a two-part. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll bring up the fact that when I when I messaged you about this, I I think I actually brought it up as part of the, a bite-sized discussion. Oh man! <laughs> I was well, like, yeah, let's just have a little bit of fun. Why don't we talk about box arts? And then <laughs> here well, we go. It's, now it's at least two episodes. Awesome.